Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again, presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for over 20 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking about the coronavirus and the fault lines it has revealed in our system and in our society. So we're going to talk about the coronavirus, or more specifically, COVID-19. We are now officially in a pandemic, an epidemic outbreak, meaning widespread occurrence of an infectious disease in a community at a particular time. Pandemic meaning that the anticipated spread of infections will occur in a majority of countries globally. In Australia, numbers of tested and infected persons still sound moderate. Sound moderate. On Thursday, they were approaching 650, with five or six persons having died of the infection in our country. Mm, I think it's six. Mm -hmm. But of Mm -hmm. course, with the potential for exponential growth in these numbers... Um, if we don't take preventive measures. Mm, Exactly. And the flood of information which we have received, that they really have been truly opened widely, often with quite contradictory and confusing messages. We can't know exactly what will happen in the future, but it is predicted by experts that if if we can control or at least lower the spread of the virus, we can lower the number of cases there are at any one time so that they don't exceed capacity of our health system to respond to the emergency. In other words, at its peak, the number of cases will stay lower if we take certain measures now, like the locking down and testing ideas. And mm, which and are keeping distancing. that's right, that's correct. And which are keeping the peak lower so that cases of dangerous infection, that is, for members of vulnerable groups like the over 80s and so on, they spread over a longer period of uh, of time so that the system will not be overwhelmed. Mm. So it seems it's taken the COVID-19 virus to remind us that health and ill health are social phenomena as well as biological things, of course, that they happen in broader systems and they're not just they're not just individual mm. pathologies. And actually, the main way to slow and reduce the spread of COVID-19 is, as I said, called social distancing. Social distancing, that is, minimising people's physical proximity to each other in gatherings. So this really highlights the social nature of the illness in the population. Yeah, still I am annoyed with the choice of words in this health campaign. And I'm glad to read in The Age this morning that the Archbishop of Melbourne is uh, is agreeing with with me. I'm not sure what to do with that, but anyway. So the point is? (laughs) So couldn't they have named this this strategy physical Physical distancing, distancing, talking about social distancing, but then immediately after urging people to care for one another, to be nice to and support one another, (laughs) that would really cause additional confusion in an already rather individualistic cultural context which we live in. As our listeners 
already have heard from us so often, we need to become more aware of the relational nature of our existence. So telling people in an already hyper self-centered culture to socially distance is not just semantically saying the wrong thing. It is for many confirming and justifying already existing behaviors, mm. attitudes and thinking about that what gives meaning to life. Mm. Q the toilet roll crisis, which is already a case of competitive hoarding mm. between selfish and already socially distanced people. For others, the still socially engaged and those who caringly relate with others, it would lead to confusion, probably even feeling stigmatized and potentially criticized for their social relating, which is now interpreted mm. and stigmatized as unwillingness to socially distance mm. and therefore probably willingly infect others. Mm. It would have been so easy and simple to call for the necessary behavioral change as physical distancing. Yes, you could have physical distancing to, and yeah, social relations. Totally, totally. If there would have needed a handy shortcut word, especially in a time where we tend to pretend that with the availability of social media and all of that, that we're now always connected and in one another's ear and I presume in, other, in one another's heart saying why and how we should change the ways we socially relate would have been so helpful, wouldn't it? But mm. that probably goes beyond the ways of thinking of those who govern us. Mm. So, yes to trying to physically be careful, full of care when we interact, but no to the indiscriminate confusion of oh, social, social distancing. distancing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so as you say, Jacques, people are being exhorted to be considerate to others mm. um, by not hoarding supplies from the mm. shop, for example, so that others can access them, mm -hmm. um, mm. or by looking out for neighbours, etc. So that's a good thing, of mm. course. Um, the troubling thing is that, as I say, it's taken a disaster to bring on this focus, mm. similar to the way our public commentators tell us how community-minded Australians are during or after bushfires or floods. Mm -hmm. So what about our need to be social and caring in normal times. Mm -hmm, exactly. So people are also being instructed, of course, on personal hygiene to limit the spread. Um, for example, how to wash their hands properly, to sneeze or cough into something, into your elbow or a hanky, I guess, not into the shared air. So this is all looking more and more like mm. a public health approach rather than the individual pathology approach or medical model approach where used to where everything's reduced mm -hmm. to a medical or clinical mm -hmm. approach a biological one yeah mm. <clears throat> and that seems to get the majority of funding in normal circumstances um, but I think we should also need to acknowledge that all parts of the health system have been mm -hmm. severely stripped of funding for some time now and and it's been already stretched to the limit exactly and we will certainly come back to this after some music Kulanga by Gina Williams and Guy House we don't actually know how to pronounce it, G-H-O-U-S-E. Mm -hmm. So um, this will help us with some um, a chance to breathe and reflect and feel a bit calm. <laughs>
Viruses like flu and coronavirus spread when tiny droplets from coughs and sneezes land on surfaces that others touch. You can help reduce this risk by coughing or sneezing into your elbow or upper arm. Or use a tissue and put the tissue in the bin straight after. Then wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Together, we can help stop the spread and stay healthy. Visit health.gov.au to learn more. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Think Again 3CR 855 AM on your dial. 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today, we're talking about the coronavirus, which I guess everyone is, and the limitations it's revealed in our system and specifically in our health system. In the public health approach developed and promoted, amongst others, by the World Health Organization, health is seen as a social, relational issue, and it happens within systems and not just in bodies. Yes, it's it's seen as a property of whole communities as well as a property of individuals and individual biology. Mm. In, an, in a public health approach, to spread good health, we take a community development approach to empower communities and we have infrastructure to promote health through information and education. We also increase government investment in health development. That is what you'd call a holistic, preventative approach. We promote health. We don't just let illness develop and put all our resources into treating it after health has left us. Mm. So, unfortunately, that's not what our governments have been doing for some time. They've put resources mostly into medical treatment of people who are sick, um, with those Mm. resources also being limited. Mm -hmm. Funding for prevention has been drastically cut over the years, with localised community health centres being closed or amalgamated and resources mostly put into clinical hospital settings, which, I, again, I should add, are also underfunded. Mm, an example of, new, of uh, that was in Queensland, where Premier Newman, about six years ago, just did away with the health promotion department of his health, health from, of the health department in Queensland, mm. from one day to the other. Mm. 150 people lost that? jobs. That was, I think, about six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So, so now the chickens come home to roost because from local and decentralized community health centers, information for keeping healthy, healthy and for capacity building and, health, and therefore prevention that would be distributed locally and directly to people. We would have the, coron- the, the coronavirus test happen in those kinds of health centers in already existing health infrastructure rather than having to think about what Morrison referred to as pop-up infection test centres. So, uh, again, an emergency reaction where we could have an infrastructure working on a constant basis Mm. to prevent. Mm. Mm. And not having to then play catch-up. Yeah. Um, So the COVID-19 virus is exposing quite a few fault lines in our society. Beside the bottom of the cliff and minimalist approach to health funding, uh, the health system has also been, of course, increasingly privatised. But we'll come back to that. One fault line we have been talking about, or which is being talked about a lot, is the spread of the neoliberal ideology. Is that a virus too, Jack? That is a very much big, big virus. <laughs> the neoliberal virus. And, and the, the, the pseudo-rationale that we are all just individuals. Not only that, but we are all individuals who are and should be only just focused on our own personal gain and advantage. Of course, this can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. 
which we have sadly seen with the hoarding of goods, both the essential and the non-essential ones, mm. and emptying out supermarkets mm, even crazy. in the regions. On a mass scale, this is irrational, of course, because without people fearing to be left short, we wouldn't have the scale on which the shortages are now becoming acute, particularly for vulnerable people. Mm, and heads of supermarket mm. chains are telling us we wouldn't be short at all. That's right. So personally, I had a strange experience in a chemist when a man was telling his partner where the hand sanitizer was and urging her to buy some quickly before it ran out. He said the boxes had just come in. Mm. When I asked, so I was looking for it too, when I asked where it was so I could buy one, he wouldn't tell me. They just turned their backs. So that was quite strange. Perhaps he thought I was going to buy and hmm. go and buy a few boxes of them. Yeah, yeah, there's other stories around which have, you know, now even come in, in our daily newspapers, like organising bus tours to empty out the supermarkets in regional towns or the case in Kentucky in the United States where two guys hired the truck, drove several thousand kilometres across two States buying up hand sanitizers, which they wanted to sell via Amazon. Then I'll sit with 17,700 oh. bottles of sanitizing, and Amazon has refused to let them what sell. What a disgrace. I hope a lot of people mm. are boycotting them. So it is not just hoarding the personal security, for, for, for personal security, but many hoard too late to sell the products mm. at high prices as they will not be available anymore with the volume buying by people. Mm. It looks like grabbing the opportunity totally in the spirit as a necessary skill for successful entrepreneurs mm. who mm. just have a go, mm. as we were told by uh, some in power. Oh, sort of small, successful capitalists. That's correct. Mm -mm. Yeah, and I hear toilet rolls are being sold on eBay for $8. Mm -hmm. So yep. people are getting them from supermarkets, not necessarily just for themselves, yeah, exactly. but to sell at a profit. Yep. Just unthinkable. Uh, in a way, I, I suppose I'm not surprised as we're all, we've all been subject to thousands of hours each year of advertising telling us to buy products to mm -hmm. achieve happiness and fulfilment mm -hmm. and solve all our problems. Exactly. So our happiness has been put in the hands of the market, mm -hmm. really. And we have a lot of marketing and messaging telling us to go and buy mm -hmm. when we're worried about something. Yes. So, mm. And also I heard Sue Bolton make an interesting point. She was interviewed on Green Left Weekly Radio uh, this morning, and she's, she also put hoarding down to individualism, but mm -hmm. she pointed out, she said, people are feeling insecure. So mm. they're not That's secure right. that people yeah. will look out for each other. That's right. So you have to... Mm -hmm. put up the hatches and look out for yourself and get supplies for yourself because totally. you're not confident that we're all going to look yep. after each other. Yeah. So. And therefore social distancing is actually a message which is already in a socially distanced kind of an environment. Mm -hmm. You're listening to 3CR. We really are in unprecedented times and 3CR, as your local community broadcaster, is trying to do our part to minimise the spread of the coronavirus throughout the community. At the front of our minds is protecting the most marginalised and vulnerable, but we are still here. And we'll continue broadcasting 24 hours a day with radical alternative content throughout this period, but things will sound a bit different. Some programmers will present their shows on the phone and we'll be finding creative ways to bring you our regular programming. So stay tuned, stay safe and be kind to each other. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR, 855 AM on your dial. 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. 
Today we're talking about the coronavirus and we're exploring the capacity of our system and our society to respond. Another fault line that comes to mind in this situation is the casualization and the precariousness of work. While workers make themselves available for work, employers have been allowed to cherry-pick the optimal times when they call workers in or stand them down. Uh, without taking any responsibility for them having a wage to live on. Yeah. Like uh, Qantas yesterday, 20,000 of its 30,000 workers being stood down. Mm. Mm. So that's why a lot of people trying to live on Newstart, they actually have jobs, mm-hmm. but they're underemployed or intermittently employed. Of course, while the work is intermittent, people's obligations aren't. They still have to pay mortgages, utilities. The mortgages and utilities, they don't do casual. So who picks up the tab for these people? The taxpayer, of course. And so they, we should, to a degree. But because instead Mm -hmm. of requiring businesses to be responsible employers and provide proper conditions and pay proper taxes too, the government decides to put the squeeze on people on Newstart, keeping payments below the poverty line. So um, I heard uh, Marion Baird speaking on ABC TV about um, probably under a week ago, and she said 37% to 38% of the Australian workforce is casualised. I've heard other figures around Mm -hmm. 33%, but that is really huge. It's a third. It's about a third of people. That's a lot of employees who are living precariously Mm -hmm. week to week. Yes. These people don't have sick... They have... Yeah. 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 Oh, sorry, I oh, was sorry. going to so, – mm. Shark, I actually was going to say mm-hmm. that in the front of the age this morning, it, there was an announcement by the mm-hmm. federal government yeah. that a support package will contain direct assistance mm-hmm. for workers. Yeah. So let's, let's really um, pay attention to that and mm. keep up the pressure on yeah. that one. Yeah. So just one last fault line I'd like to mention. The systemic disjuncture between federal government, state government and not enough – local health promotion services. How strange it was to hear our PM give his fatherly address on the TV mm. one night, like an old father knows best kind of an episode. Mm. And then the next day <laughs> I catch a train, find no soap in public toilets to wash my hands with, and bemused chats on public transport over several days as people wondered how they should balance themselves in shaking train, a tram or train wagons without touching any surface. <laughs> And that was before last weekend. Yeah, I had that exact experience. Everyone's Mm. looking at each other saying, well, there's a a virus going around. What am I supposed to be doing? That's right. I I guess the privatisation of public transport also highlights uh, indirectly another systemic juncture, working against the holistic public health Mm. approach. Yeah. So recently, just on this topic, I spoke with my friend, Charles Livingston, who's an associate professor in the School of Public Health and Preventive Health at Monash University. And I asked him his views about the coronavirus and the way our health system is responding and is able to respond. And some of the points we've raised in this program, I ran past him. And we'd agree with his statements, which we think are worth sharing with our listeners. He said, our health system has been degraded over many years. The capacity of the system has been reduced and it operates close to capacity much of the time. This means it may potentially be in a difficult position of the the COVID-19 caseload if that spikes rapidly. The coronavirus will move faster 
than the Spanish flu mm. in 1918 yeah. because also of our habits of globalization and travel and tourism and all of that. Mm. Yeah, and so another statement, um, there's been a shift in resourcing prevention, mm. community health and the social model of health in favour of hospitals and clinical responses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, however, this he adds, however, the whole system has been under-resourced for some time mm-hmm. and we certainly need more spending on public sector health services and less on private resources. So the privatisation, mm-hmm. part of the neoliberal push again, mm-hmm. is one of the big problems. So, so we need to have less focus on private resources mm-hmm. such as the private health insurance system or less resources for the private health insurance system mm-hmm. which costs mm-hmm. the federal budget an amazing $7 billion per annum. Mm. That's incredible. We're mm. propping up a private health insurance mm. system mm-hmm. costing the federal government $7 billion mm-hmm. a year. Yes, while at the same time cutting the, the, the direct funding of the public services. Mm. And I guess another, uh, I suppose another caution about the social health model that mm-hmm. um, Charles raised was it can sound as if we're not giving due credence to the biological and the fact that we're animals. Mm. So um, Charles added, we tend to forget that we're vulnerable to disease and illness. We think we're somehow above it because we're mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. We don't realise we're animals. Mm-hmm. We forget we're animals, and and of course we're subject to viruses, epidemics, and pandemics. And we therefore sit in that kind of a false cocoon of security. Yeah, I I, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. tend to think of us as being a little mm-hmm. bit like mm-hmm. hairless. Clever apes. That's right. <laughs> and our national leadership has not been particularly clear or consistent in responding to the virus either. The virus either. Messaging is important, and particularly giving the right message. And so is the consistency, consistency. of that of that message, rather yeah. than the the, the the sort of the up and down of what was to be anticipated by the people. Including one politician even telling people to go out and yep. hoard up stuff yeah. for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So in Victoria, this is another statement from Charles. In Victoria, community health is resilient and has been reorganising itself. Then we need more resources in the public health system, he said, and fewer going to the private health insurers, as we already mentioned. Both hospitals and primary care need more funding. Mm. And we need to wind back the privatisation and the private provision of Mm. health services. Mm -hmm. This will improve the equity of access and it will improve health overall. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to Charles anyway. Thank Mm. you, Charles. Mm. We'll certainly be continuing discussion about the coronavirus and how our system is responding in following programs um, and also our following programs may be done in a different way or remotely Mm -hmm. as 3CR Mm. takes measures for the safety and health and well-being of its own volunteers and staff. So thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio with Jacques Belay and Jennifer Burrell. Remember, if you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program, you can email borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Just put Think Again in the subject line. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.